Welcome to the For Fox Sake podcast, by the fans, for the fans. With all the news, views and discussion from two lifelong Leicester City supporters. It's your show, so get in contact, make yourselves heard, what's your opinion? The only Leicester City podcast that's by the fans, for the fans. This is for Fox's sake. Hello and welcome to For Fox's Sake, episode 89. My name is Pete Selby and alongside me on this damp and dark and miserable time for Leicester fans is Mr Rob Hayes. Oh, isn't it miserable? Top half of the Premier League. What a, what a shambles. We're back in... For Fox Ake HQ, which feels more comfortable. Yes. Even though I like being in the King Power car park, I feel like you've set the tone with your smooth intro. Yes. I uh, like... And I... Damp and Dreary has actually pretty much covered the tone of this podcast. Yeah, I, I also like the fact that um, For Fox Ake is meant to be in between games. I, I do enjoy, you know, doing from the car park. It's, um, it's good. It, it, I think it sounds good. But... You are reacting before a game, during the game, and after the game immediately, which is great. But people go to the games and or they watch it via one way or another, and um, they form their own opinions. And I think ours is our little niche is for those midweek times when the dust has somewhat settled and you make a more considered and um, and maybe sensible decision on things and opinion on who and what and where. Well, safe to say that our opinion immediately after the Southampton game wasn't shared by many. No, it wasn't. It wasn't shared by many. I was not surprised because we sat there, and I think the position that we came from was it was better than other games that we've seen. Rather than being a stellar performance, it was just it was better in parts than what we've seen. It wasn't perfect by all means, but. That was our position, and and again, it was just after the game, and I think that we're a bit more optimistic than, you know, than some and that. Um, well, basically, the whole thing is going to be about Puel and, and and what's happening, and should he go, should he stay, what's going on with the team, what we're going to look forward to. Um, I'll just say right now, uh, my position on Clubro has completely changed after a five nil defeat to Crystal Palace. You can lose five nil. But you can lose 5-0 badly. You can walk off by yourself. You can have a very weird text message or tweets from players that looks like a most default tweet of all time saying, oh, yeah, we're ball playing for the manager and all this. You can have news coming out of the club that a player that most people think should be playing at centre-half or would be a good, very good signing won't play for Puel because he's basically had enough because he's not playing. Um, you can have doubts about a manager for a long time, but still be quite vocal in your support and saying, no, you've got to give him a bit of time and all this. You can look at a bigger picture and go, it comes to a point. Now, I'm not, I am not just blaming Puel. There's some big problems with the squad. Um, but I think you can't survive with our current owners in the position that they're in, in terms of, possibly going forward in the league, building an, an expanded stadium, spending hundreds of millions of pounds. I don't think you can enter a period like that with a manager who does not or cannot communicate with his players and unfortunately has broken down with the majority, it looks like, from the outside. Um, I don't think that's a starting block for 100 million plus signings coming in. Now, you could argue... That kind of actually is the reason why we need a hundred million pounds worth of players coming in to get you know to change things around. And if that happens, then fine. But that's where I'm starting from. Yeah, I don't disagree with anything that you've said, but I do think there is a but, and that but is in the form of Southampton Football Club. Oh yes, this, this time oh, twelve yes. months ago. Their season had kind of petered out as well. Yes, they got a Wembley final. Um, and yes, they did manage to cling on to, to eighth place. And yes, they were only a couple of points above pretty much the rest of the Premier League. They were essentially just about the best of the rest, which is 
not what Leicester fans are aspiring to, but what we would call this season in particular a decent season. Be comfortable with. Yeah. Um, Content with. Quite comfortable, actually, to be fair. Yeah. Look at Southampton now. I'm not saying for a second that would definitely happen to Leicester. However, there has to be a very clear and obvious plan before a knee-jerk reaction to sacking a manager. I'm not certain... It's not the 5-0 that's... As as you say, your stance has changed and, and mine not quite as strongly as yours but is definitely swaying the other way that it was from the last podcast. The 5-0 has brought together a lot of other underlying things that we were that we were happy to not gloss over but say let's give him the summer and and the start of next season I agree to to tweak Let, let's put them by the wayside for a little bit let's try and finish the season strongly and go from there however the I'll put this in inverted commas news articles that say Rafa Benitez has been linked with the Leicester job no, he hasn't. There's no new news there. What's happened is, still Mike Ashley hasn't sold Newcastle. Still Rafa Benitez has had no guarantee as to how much money he'll have to spend next season. Still he's doing a good job there. The only thing that's changed is Club Wells lost another football match, which has increased the pressure from the media on him. Nothing in the situation has changed whatsoever. It's not that Benitez has gone... I'm less likely to sign for Newcastle now. Oh, Leicester would be a good club for me to move to. He's not said that. Nobody said that. People have just put two and two together again. Rafa Benitez is the calibre of manager that I would happily kick club well at the back door of the King Power Stadium for. Maurizio Pellegrino, who took over at Southampton, and then Mark Hughes, are not. My my answer to the grass is not always greener um, is I agree completely agree but the Southampton situation was purely down to the fact that they employed worse than Puel they employed a guy who was tragically bad and has that's basically, what I'm saying yeah, we need a manager of of good calibre with a proven track record in the Premier League You can't, I don't think you can bring somebody in who hasn't seen the Premier League before. I, I agree I agree but um, for me um, and it's I wouldn't say it's the straw that broke the camel's back, really, because we, you know, we were still on Puel's side. He's the manager of our football club, and by all means, I'm not a, a, a Puel out guy. As in, like, you need to be uh, sacked. Well, well, I'm going to demonstrate or, or whatever, hold up a sign or boo or anything like that. That's not me at all. Um, do I think they should change the manager? Yes. Um, I think there's major problems there, and. Do I think if you if you sack a manager today, do I think you've got enough time before the end of the season to find an, a, 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 a number of targets and go for them? Yes. I think if you wait until the end of the season, no matter what happens in the final few games, because I'm sorry, unless there's a miracle performance in the final three games um, or however many we've got, then I don't think anything will change. Why wait? That's my, my 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 point is, if you get rid now, then you have a squad of players with some famous players and the history that they've had recently. You've got owners who have got a lot of money, a good football club there in the Premier League, and you have jumped the gun. You have jumped ahead of other jobs that might become available. So people who are out of work right now, people who are getting towards the end of the season and thinking, hmm, that looks like a good job. I'm just thinking it could be a bit of a head start. Um, it, it was a, it was a it was a dreadful performance, and for me, there was there was issues with Puel that I didn't like. There were I can understand exactly what he's doing, but the owners what they need to do is they need to make a statement. Actually, they need to come out fight, fighting and say we're either going to back him or we're going to sack him. Okay. If you give someone the vote of confidence during the football season, it's always the dreaded vote of confidence because you've got 30 games left, 20 games left. And if you continue your run of bad form, then you're going to get fired. Hence the reason it's always, you know, you know you're going to get fired after the vote of confidence because generally a poor run will then continue. If you give someone a vote of confidence with two, three games left of the season and say, this is our guy, this is the guy we're going to stick with. Well, then that is your guy that you're going to stick with because... 
the losing run won't continue for long because the season will end. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, you could say this is our guy after ten games, and then he loses the next six, and you go right, sorry, but you just you, we've got to get rid, we've got to make a change. So that's what I want the owners to do. I want them to either come out and say, Puel is the guy we're going to stick with, or we're going to go with, and we're going to back with a lot of money, and his decision is final on players. And and if that happens, fine, not a problem. But if not, do it now. For me, for me, I'm like, do it now. Because it might not be a change in just manager. It might be a change in backroom staff. There's, there's staff all over the place at Leicester at the moment. You've got Michael Appleton. I'd love to know what Michael Appleton thinks. I think Michael Appleton's sat there and he's been linked with a number of jobs. He must be sat there going, I can't... What does he talk to Claude Puel about? Mike Stowell you, they're, they're a strange It's pair, a strange mix. You've got Stowell from Pearson. You've got um, Appleton who came in... Under Shakespeare. Under Shakespeare. You've got, obviously, Claude Powell and his, and his translator. It's it's a right mix. And something's got to give. I think Appleton will go. I think he'll go anyway. Um, he, he could get a championship job, couldn't he? Exactly. I think he'll go because it, someone will come in for him. Uh, he's been linked heavily with West Brom, for example. Although, although Darren Moore's done a, the best job of any West Brom manager this yeah. season. But it's 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 an interesting be, no, it? so it's interesting. I I wouldn't be unhappy if that happens because I think if Claude brings in a lot of people who are his backroom staff, then that might be a bit more. Look, I'm the boss. I've got my team around. It's not just one figurehead guy. So if there is a problem in the dressing room, is there a mutiny? If there is, look, we can get rid of this guy as well as we've got rid of other people. Then that can happen if you're just a manager with a set team behind. We always sang the praises of that system, but it's very easy to for a few senior players to, you know, not you know start to moan and complain a little bit, and there you go. It's an easy thing to do. Get rid of the manager if he's if he's the head coach. Yeah, player power is the thing that I was going to bring us round to, but you've obviously done that for us. <laughs> it's um, the thing with the player power thing is there are going to be some egos at Leicester City. There are going to be some like it or not that strut around going, "I'm a Premier League winner." Yes, it's all historical, whatever. But the fact is, players are very well protected in the world of football in that sense, in that results don't go your way. It's much easier to sack one bloke than 11. Uh, That's always been a fact. Player power, whether they've got more chance of speaking to the chief execs and the chairman now than they did 10, 15 years ago, I I don't know. And, And whether the chairman or the chief executive would listen to them more now than 15 years ago. I don't know. And we still never got to the bottom of the, the old player power story. Claude Puel is a very meticulous man. He knows how he wants to play football. He knows what kind of players he wants to bring in. He knows that he can back young players to do the job of senior players. He's done that at every club that he's been at. He's had so much success in France with that model. But I think he's lacking one thing which has not allowed him to control this squad in the way that he wants to. And that is a personality. He, yeah. he may well be tough as old boots, uh, but I don't think the players have got as much respect for someone like him as they have. I, I'm just I'm only saying this because of the recent links and whatever. But uh, as someone like Rafael Benitez, that's not because of the jobs that the posts that they've held in the past. If Benitez said, "You, Wes Morgan, for example, you're out of line. Shut up. You're not playing." Then you'd go, go on, Rafa, you're, you're, you're top dog. You're going to tell him, he's going to listen, and he's either going to book his ideas up or he's never going to get in the team again. I can't imagine for one second Claude Paul turning around on the training ground and saying, you, you're out of the team, I don't like your attitude. He dropped dropped again in inverted commas because we don't know the story behind it, whether it was a tactical or, or whatever. Um, Dragovic in for Morgan. Maybe he was trying to give Dragovic the game time that he wanted to sign a new contract, uh, to sign a permanent contract. Uh, maybe he was dropping Morgan because other some other people have been saying that he's not been playing particularly well, but it's not just him. Who knows why he dropped Morgan for that game, but he was straight back in. So if he dropped him to make a point, it wasn't a point well made. He just doesn't have... It's it, it's like it's like you buy a player, uh, and for years Leicester bought players on their, on their personality as well, and whether they would fit into the team. And it's like they've completely forgot that with the manager. Yeah. Because look at the last three managers we've had. Shakespeare was 
very influential and I know he came across and probably was quite nervous in his first few interviews but he's very forthright and you could see on the touchline he was as well you've got Claudio who was Claudio end of the day he got the respect he, he rang a bell and, and rang Maris ran exactly that, 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 that's, the man, that's the manager's job Claude then you had, could ring a bell and the players could not even hear it and you had the person who signed most of the players who was Nigel Pearson who mm-hmm. was the who's the biggest character you know, the biggest um, headmaster type person who you would listen to and also respect as well you get respect for and I just I agree with you I agree with that is the main problem with Claude Puel I've not got a problem with him changing the style Leicester I I enjoyed the way that they played more than most people it was it was it was amazing and if Leicester went straight back to that right now picked up some points this that and the other fine not got a problem I would know that we've got no chance of finishing um higher up in the league than maybe a mid-table position playing that kind of football people are going to say we won the league playing it I know we won the league playing it and then we we got found out but then we got found out because we didn't have certain players people like Kante for example and people at the right at the peak of their powers I think if Leicester went back to that style of football where would they finish I think they'd be pushing for seventh perfectly honest in a good season Um, would I be happy with that yes I would actually to be honest but if we're going to change the style because that's what the owners want, that's what the manager want, that's what players want, whatever the reason is. If that's what we're doing, then that's what we're doing. I've said many a time that there is a problem with that and the problem is called Leicester fans. And I'm not saying it's our fault, I'm just saying that we've been supporting the club who for years and years and years have played a style of football which Leicester fans get behind in terms of we would cheer someone for their efforts, we'll cheer someone uh, for making lung-busting runs, uh, we had the front bowling side in the late 60s, 70s, obviously. But we've been brought up on a certain, not style of football, but to appreciate efforts, mainly because of the success of the side, really. And for us to change into a team, I'd imagine in many ways it's absolutely nowhere near the, the level of. But like when Man City became really good, there were some Man City fans going, hang on, this is not the club I support. This is not the way. This is completely different. Leicester at the moment are trying to play a style of football and turn themselves into a team that no one has seen before here at all. With the, with the amount of money spent on players, possession football, it's not the style that we're used to and many people would like. And I reckon if you asked the entire population of the King Power Stadium on Saturday, I think you'll, you'll be talking way into the 90s of percent of people who went, I would just like to see them play Fuchs at left back, Simpson right back, bring Dragovic in for Morgan, or even play Morgan and play the back two, play four four two essentially, and play Okazaki behind Vardy and play the football that we know and we like and has been very successful. Just do that, and then if you want to make tweaks and and changes, then you can do, but do it slowly. Don't just kind of break everything up, which is kind of what Claudio did in the second season. He tried to change the style to, change to style. protect the players' energy levels with it, the European campaign, didn't he? It, that was it, his it, ultimate downfall. Yeah. He, he, he changed the way and it didn't work out. And and then finally, and I heard this but from someone else, and it's something that I've thought of for years and years, really, ever since we got promoted to the Premier League. Probably in the season we won the league in terms of the championship, we sat there doing the comp and it was safe. You were playing a team who were Sheffield United or whoever and you were winning 2-0 and you sat back and it was safe. Ever since we've been a Premier League side, I have never felt really comfortable watching Leicester in the Premier League because of the fact that we could get turned over by anyone. In terms of how many times have Leicester been in apps? I can remember we played QPR on the final day of the season when we set, we stayed up and we won like 5-2 or whatever it was. I don't know what it was. I remember because it was fine, it didn't matter and we were winning the game comfortably. I always thought Leicester were very close to being beat on many occasions, even when we won the league. You sat there and it was nail-biting. And yes, we won the league. We, we finished first out of everyone. But I still think that there was an element of we are very close to falling apart in terms of going on one into two into five loses, uh, losses on the bounce. Yeah, never Be- happened in that Premier League winning season. It, but if it had, 
we'd have been all over the place. But it could have easily happened yeah. because it did the next year and it carried on in, in, in fits and spurts since. And there's not been a massive amount of difference between the team and the style apart from recently. If you, Do you get what I mean when mm-hmm. I say that? You know, yeah, I, yeah. I think Leicester have been on that knife edge of brilliance and being in a relegation scrap. And if that's the style of football that Leicester's going to be with this set of players then fine. I would want them to go back to that. I'm not saying go and get Big Sam. Go and get Claudio. <laughs> but, like, uh, but that's what I'm saying. If they want to change it, fine. If they want to keep Puel, fine. But for me, you don't lose 5-0 in that manner against a team like Palace. You don't have Chilwell and Albrighton at fullback against one of the best wingers in the league who is on fire in Zaha, who just ripped as a new one. It's ridiculous. You play defenders, don't you? It was it defenders was in defensive positions. Albright has never looked. He's did never you see his face? Albrighton's face when he knew that Zaha was past him. When he when he'd shinned it and he knew he was never going to catch him. Done. Absolutely done for. I'm not saying Simpson would have done any better. I'm not saying he wouldn't have made that mistake. But Mark Simpson defended, and he was playing in a defensive position. We're effectively, if you're asking Chilwell to bomb forward as well. You're effectively playing two defenders. No wonder we ship five goals. His biggest downfall, Claude Perrault's biggest downfall, is that he's tried to change the system with these players. Why? Why? We're on a bit of a, 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 a losing period. Okay, given Albright, and we've mentioned before, yeah, play Albright at fullback. You know, you never know. He might turn into Ashley Young or Valencia or someone like that. Or Milner, who can play in different positions. It's not working. You must have seen this on the training ground. Bring. Simpson back in. I know he's not going to go forward incredibly well, but don't get sacked on the back of changing everything so quickly because for him, for his own sake, he's missed, he could miss out on having a lot of money to spend on players and making a real fist of things here. It could ruin his career because he's made these decisions. I, I don't understand it. I really don't. I don't understand what's happening with Silver. Yeah, why did Chowdhury start out of Silver? Like, don't get me wrong, play Chowdhury, play the young players, fine. Silver is the one player in the team you'd thought Club Royal would really like. The game against Southampton, he was linking up really well with players. I know we were at home against a poor team, but I don't understand what the manager... You give the manager a certain amount of time to, to play different players, play in different positions, try things, but you can't just do it constantly because it's going to get to the point where the players are going to turn around and go, I've got no idea what I'm doing, and then that's what happened. And that's what's happened. Mm. It, it culminated in Saturday with the players just going, do you know what? I have got no idea. And not I don't care, but if you drop off a few percent in the Premier League, especially against the Palace team at home who, who were going, they needed to, you know, the crowd got behind, all that sort of stuff. And they've got the players like Zaha. You're going to get thrashed. That's what I'm saying. Knife edge between falling off one way and falling the other way. Yeah, and if you're 2-0 down, a man down... And you've got a manager on that sideline that you respect. And either you respect him for the right reason or the wrong reason. You respect him because you want to play well for him. Or you respect the fact that you know if you don't still put in your 150% uh, effort because you've got to make up for the extra man, that you're going to get an absolute telling off at the end of the game. Whatever your respect is based on, not very many of the 10 players that were out there looked across to that touchline and thought, He's going to give me some stick later if we if we um, if we don't come out of this at two nil or better. And I might not play next week, but I'll probably back in the week after. Week after, yeah. But, but also, like changes in systems, changes in styles. You, you why not bring off someone like what you, you're two nil down or whatever at half time? You're being destroyed basically. Why not make a change to become more solidified at the back and then go? Oh, yeah, it just. It all was wrong. I ain't saying sack the guy off one performance, but for me, I just can't see how he, how he can turn this around. Mainly because I don't think he has the personality to. And the player's confidence is gone. Look, oh, it's shot. Absolutely shot. What, what's the stat? Two in the last 14, I think, in they, the league. They could win at home against uh, against West Ham next week because West Ham are crap. And, well, um, so are Palace and so are Southampton. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's true, but... Um, I still think it's, and you were there Southampton we were unlucky how we didn't win that game don't know we we created chances we just didn't take them really there, there, there was an opportunity to win that game we made opportunities and we didn't take them I'll still say that 
Um, but West Ham, their main player, really, Andy Carroll up front, he's obviously, you know, he's throwing his toys out the pram, so he won't be there. Um, that's a good thing. We've got a chance of beating them, fine, not a problem. We could beat them and have a few good wins and and then at the end of the season, Claude Perrault will be manager. But I think all the things that we've mentioned, especially his, his personality, his communication with the backroom staff and the players, you just can't see it. There was alarm bells ringing when substitutions were made and people were putting their arms out on the pitch. Maguire did it a few times, Morgan's done it a few times to the bench to go, so what we're doing? Eh? Who? What? Where? It's it's a very strange thing. If you if you come into the Leicester City manager's job, you've got all them players there who have done so well in a certain way. Why not just slowly adapt that way of playing? And when I mean adapt, adapt through players. So if you are replacing player X with player Y, player Y plays slightly towards your style of football, let's say Puel wants to play, that's how you do it. You replace, instead of just saying to this, this team of players who have played 4-4-2, um, or a four ball one one. Oh, by the way, overnight we're changing like this. Of course, it's going to go wrong. Sometimes it might work out. It's not, and I'm afraid I've lost all confidence in the guy. I think a lot of people have. The crowd was singing, sacked in the morning. He walked away down a touchline by himself. I mean, people might look at say Mourinho or someone who does that and say, "Oh, he's getting ready for him in the tunnel or in the uh, changing rooms." Really? No, no. Was not he? a chance. I don't. I don't know what's going to happen. I've got no idea. Number of stories will come out of the club which are wrong, and a number of stories will come out of the club from certain people who I would believe. I noticed Jeff put something about um, Dragovic, the Dragovic story. I'll believe what he puts. Really. Um, well, it's it's relatively self-explanatory anyway. Exactly. It's not. A, it's not a groundbreaking story. It's just someone's gone. Oh well, he's not had much game time. Why would he sign permanently? Percy from the Telegraph, John Percy, again, I've mentioned on here, there's a number of journalists who I don't follow, there's a number of people who I do who I would take there for a bit of entertainment, really. But there's one or two who, when they write something, you sit up and listen, he would be one. And he wrote that there's discontent at the club and, and all that sort of thing. So all there, is, not... there is at every level. Yeah. But why would the players not be discontent with the way things are going at the moment? They're human beings. They're yeah. also professional footballers, and as you say, they're cutting very frustrated figures. They're yeah. not. They're not playing to their maximum, probably because of underlying issues. But we've mentioned the manager now. We've you know we've gone on. Everyone will have their own point of view. Get in contact with us and then let us know. I'm pretty sure the majority now will be in the the out camp. Um, let's just play. You know, devils advocate. Let's just okay. Let's just say Claude Powell after we finish recording this goes did we do a podcast when Shakespeare went like that evening or no he got Claude. sacked in the afternoon and we managed to or, find a little window in our diary to yeah, do it there was something along those lines oh no we did our first ever podcast oh my was God. I can't when find a recording of that Pearson had just kind of been sacked but not oh right we were, in, sacked, the, we were in the midst of that that was our first ever podcast oh my god 89 episodes ago. I'd love to hear that, actually. I can't remember at all what it was. But uh, anyway, um, what was I going to say? Yeah, so let's just, let's just for example, say he's been sat today. Now, Benitez is, is the choice of, of many people. Absolutely agree. And I'm pretty sure you would as well. If oh, you yeah. came to the club, fantastic. Yeah. Um, I, w- I would offer a lot of money for Eddie Howe. I know he's at a Premier League club who are mid-table. But I think he, in his heart of hearts, would know that he can't take them any further than he has done. And he's essentially starving off relegation for starving off relegation for basically the entire time he's going to be at Bournemouth. He gets players to play for him, doesn't he? Oh, he'd, he'd, be, he'd be an ideal manager, um, personally. And if you want to change the style, that's the sort of person who would change the style. Um, but not to the point of what what's going on right now there's, there's many people out there but there's just two names for me I mean obviously Benitez will come with a lot of question marks I still think there is no chance in hell that he would come here why I think that Leicester aren't if you if you're Rafa Benitez and Leicester come in and say we're going to give you 150 million pounds to spend in the summer this that and the other we've got plans to build 52,000 seats in the stadium and I still think he would look at it and go, 
No, I think he'll have offers from all sorts of clubs around Europe and in the Premier League as well, possibly. That would be, in his eyes, probably more attractive. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree. We're, we're, despite being former Premier League champions and, like you say, with all these expansion projects in the pipeline, we're still not as prestigious a name. We're probably, I know we went arguably, to... not as prestigious a name in, in world football as Newcastle. Still, no, they've I... got such a famous club, a famous fan base, a famous history. We're the new kids on the block, essentially. Exactly. I, I think, even though he, he was manager in the championship with them, I just don't see it happening. I'd love it to. Um and everyone else would have their own kind of managers off the top of their head, looking at you, Rob. Well, no, he's he's my one. But Leicester are in a position, really, to pick the manager of their choice. We're, no longer are we in the position where we need to pick an available manager, somebody who's out of work. Mm. We, if you've got money to spend on players in the window, your manager is the man that links them all together. Go after the person you want, pay them the compensation, almost like it's a transfer fee, and bring them in. Hence we the, we can bully most of the clubs in the Premier League. That's why I say get rid of Puel now. Mm. To to put yourself on show. Look at us. There's an open job here. Michael Appleton's not going to get it. By the way, you can keep him if you want. You can bring in your... You could do what you want. Here's a transfer kitty. Here's, Here's a, a couple of England internationals. Exactly. It's It's a really good job to have. But if you advertise it now, then you can make... Look at Wenger with the announcement of Wenger done now I know it's so he can have a swan song and all that sort of gizmo but it's also now that Arsenal jobs all around Europe people are like right last few games of the season do you know what I mean mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a lot easier um, yeah they've, they've made it very certain it was always going to be a, another conversation at the end of the season will he stay for the extra year will he not similar to this time last year with, with Wenger but Arsenal and well Wenger said the timing wasn't really his decision so it's the club's decision Wenger said that himself. The timing wasn't really my decision. He so wanted club, to stay for another year. Well, yeah. But the timing of the announcement also wasn't his necessarily his decision. So the club have done what you've said. Have gone, right, let's get us talked about. Let's get this vacant managerial position out there. Word on the street. You know, it, it just buys you a lot more time than announcing it in sort of July when managers are already preparing for the next season. Because they they will be now, it's but a, it could ring an element of doubt. Eddie Howe, for example, who's probably like, I'm really happy at Bournemouth. I've not really thought about any other jobs. Oh, hang on, the Leicester job's going to be available. I'll have the whole summer. I'll have X amount of money in the transfer window, and get to prepare my own squad and my own stamp. Hmm. Go on then. I, exactly. That's what I would do. I, I think we do need to mention the players because. It's it's a shambles at the moment. It's a it's a real shambles. You won't find a bigger fan of Wes Morgan than me. Like brilliant player, fantastic. And I'll still say that there is a place in the first team squad for him for next season. By a million miles, what a guy to have in and around the first team. And also playing games. Is he a first team starting out? I'd love to see Dragovic alongside Maguire as the first team partnership, and then have Morgan on the bench. What a great guy! He could still be club captain. Not a problem. He could come in and play games when people are suspended. Not a problem. Look who's coming into the side. Brilliant. Big West Premier Big. League winning captain. Exactly. Um, unfortunately, and, and I hate some of the abuse and some of the way people talk about Wes. And they'll say, oh, yeah, we know it, but it was a while. It was two years ago. Yeah, I know. But you can't just go around and say, like, he is now rubbish. Not at all. One or two mistakes here and there. In among still good performances... And let's remember that the Premier League winning season was his and most of Leicester players' best ever season. Yeah. So uh, we it, can't always compare him to that. Yeah, so so one or two mistakes here and there, but in among still good performances, doesn't make you an overnight a, a rubbish player. Um, th- there, there is a problem at left-back with Chilwell. I'll still give him time as part of the squad. It was interesting with Fuchs this week coming out saying, um, I read all, everything he said, and I still thought he said he's leaving at the end of the season, not the end of next season. Next season. So... The end of next season for me, and it might sound massively cynical and that, but that reeks of, do you know what, I'm going to pick up another year's worth of money. Because he must be on a good wage, A, when he joined, and B, for bonus in terms of the well, Premier League. I'd imagine he's going to be on 60, 70. He's got, he's got to be on a lot. So basically for me, I'm not saying it's true, but he's he's possibly just sitting on that for an extra year. But he does... He- 
does also have a good relationship with the with the the oh, club yeah. and oh, the fans. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's got his own. The club have helped and, and him facilitate his own his own clothing uh, brand. He's mm-hmm. got his own academy. Uh, yeah, all right. His family are living in New York, but look, it's a five hour flight these days. But he could do with. I'm, I'm surprised he's not been in the first team more often, especially in recent weeks when you're thinking, right, backs to the wall, here, boys. Get some professionals on the pitch. Get yeah. some experienced heads on the pitch. Winners this game. I'm su- I'm surprised as well, and um, my that's my point really because if let's just say you know Claude's staying and Fuchs is staying, well I'm I'm sorry I, I'd imagine Claude will be on the look for a new fullback in terms of obviously a right back but also a left back as well. You have to be even if you're looking at Chilwell and you say the guy's a youngster and he he can improve. Of course he can improve, but. You can't have a fullback in Fuchs as the backup because he's nowhere near being the backup. Mm. He's not a. He's not played for ages, and b. He's exactly the opposite player to what the manager wants. He's a defender. He's a defender. I can't see Danny Simpson staying. Um, you look in midfield. That, that's if well, that stays. Well, that's, that's, yeah, you look in midfield. Um, what's going on with Silver? No idea. Chowdhury's coming, and he's a young. He is a genuine youngster, and we improved. There's players who'll go left, right, and centre. Um, Obviously, like King, who's 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 playing, and, and that's an example. King playing for for Swansea, playing very well, a good midfielder. We all know Andy King, but because people went absolutely crazy, King's a load of rubbish. He's not a load of rubbish. He's not the twenty-three-year-old who scored nearly twenty goals a season from midfield in the championship. Exactly. He's a but look at our midfield crisis at the minute. You'd rather have Andy King in there than Hamza Chowdhury, wouldn't you? Yeah. No offence whatsoever to Hamza Chowdhury, but... But it, again, you've got Ibori, you've got Silva, these sort of players. And, and if Puel can't get them playing in, a, in, in, a, in that kind of style that he wants... European Championship winner. You're still... Uh, Ibori, a three-time Europa League winner. Problems out wide. Um, Mares has just gone off the boil recently, he has. But then again, the team's not playing well. So I won't really label anything at his door and his decision and the, what his future is 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 very personal to him, really. It's got nothing to do with the club at all, I don't think, in terms of the way that they're playing. No, but and I don't think anybody's questioning that at the moment. There were question marks when it was first, when it was first out again, again, that he wanted to leave and mm. they'd handed a transfer request, but I don't think you could lay any particular individual blame at his door this season. I know. I, oh, no. Um, I, I still think if there was a list of players in terms of player of the year, you'd, you'd have to include him on that. He, he has played well in a number of games and got some very good stats. And again, if Leicester were going to finish uh, 17th or 7th, I still think um, his decision to leave will be down to him and what happens with transfers and everything in terms of who bids. Um, Gray, I'm still... I mean, I, through his, I mean, we all know he can throw his toys out the pram and he can, his, his shoulders can drop at the... You know, anything can happen and, and it would go wrong for him. And that's what happened on Saturday. It looked like he just lost all interest completely. And I know he played quite well against Southampton, but I'm still in the in the camp of if someone came in with a bid for him, like that 25 from Bournemouth, I'm sorry, I'd sell him. I really would. I just can't see him progressing any further than he is. Um, and yeah, then he's, he's stagnated, hasn't he? He has. We've got Iniacho, we've got Vardy, who you feel sorry for, and for me... And we'll mention Player of the Year in a bit. Um, well, we'll do it now. Player of the Year. Yeah. I've put Vardy. People, yeah. people, Maguire will possibly get it. but And he's been a great signing. But for me, you can't ignore 17 league goals. Because without them, we'd be right up against Yeah, them. especially the amount of them that have come during this poor run. All right, he's not. they might not have contributed to, to victories. But you don't score them all of a sudden. All your, your, your results look like a 2-0 here, a 3-0 there. Whereas... He's been getting the goal that Leicester have scored. I still think he's only scored twice in one game, which yeah. was the first game of the season against Arsenal. Well, as you, as you say, that means that he's scoring more often than the players that bag two here and then wait a couple of weeks and then three there and wait a month and then he scored. He scored in um, well, he was scored in sixteen games then. Yeah, he's I mean a, that's, that's he's a, a very good. Record. He's a guaranteed goal scorer. And I'm, I'm sure I've not checked this, but I'm sure I saw somewhere somebody put that Vardy had only had nine touches or something in the game against Palace. It's 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 ridiculous. The performance was was really was not too bad to be true in a point of anything that they any shot that they have goes in, or a game where you dominate completely and then somehow lose. 
this was just a complete disaster from minute one on and off the pitch. And I'll, I'll, I'll go back to the players. A lot of them players have to take a long look in the mirror. And in terms of in the summer, if some of them go who have won the league at Leicester or have played well since they've been at the club afterwards, well, I'm sorry, but they have to take responsibility. And this is for a club who's in the top 10. I know we're in the top 10 in the Premier League and there'll be fans of other um, podcast of other teams listening to this, but well, there won't be. But if they are, because they're sitting next to someone in their car going, what's this guy on about? Leicester are like ninth in the league and they're going completely insane. Yeah, but we had the chance, of a real chance of getting into Europe again this year. And at the moment, if you looked at the way Leicester are playing and who's there and the, and the manager and everything, we're looking like relegation candidates big time for next year. Yeah, look at the form guide. Look at the lack of momentum that you'd end up taking into next season if nothing changed. I think those two in their own right are, are, are good enough reasons for us to be... We're not sitting here having a whinge. We're sitting here stating the facts, giving our opinions. Everybody that listens to this podcast knows that we... We're not fence sitters, but we try and sort of remove ourselves from the situation and try and look at it as a whole. We don't very often sit here uh, and go mad. We don't very often sit here and well, and, ch- and well, you do, but not not mad, just a little bit frustrated, if you like. But we don't say anything that's out there just to try and be clickbait and you know grab a grab a hundred extra listeners just because we've said something daft. We're very considered objective Leicester City fans I would say yes I know I'm I'm speaking from for myself here but and this is coming from this is this is midweek yeah the game happened four days ago yeah if we did this podcast straight after the game oh it'd be even worse well but but this is what I'm saying we are in midweek mm. so I'm still coming out saying all this even though I've calmed down yeah do you know what the only thing that made Saturday better was that I was at uh, the home of what is rapidly becoming my second club, Burton Albion. Were you at uh, Burton Albion? Yeah, because my girlfriend's family are from Burton and a lot of them are Burton fans. Uh, and we were going back that weekend for a, a family meal uh, and I checked the fixture list and it was Burton versus Bolton. Yeah. Massive championship relegation six-pointer. I was like, let's see if we can get some tickets. Got a couple of tickets in the terrace. It was packed at the Pirelli Stadium. Six and a half thousand there. Yellow flare going off behind the goal. Two goals in eight minutes in the middle of the first half. Pretty much all but put Bolton down. Kept Burton's chances of staying in the championship alive. All this time I was checking my phone going, one nil, two, two nil. (laughs) And I was like, sending off. All bright and off. (laughs) And then then we had, what, 20 minutes or so with with nothing happening. I was like, oh, so still only two nil against uh, 10 men. That'll do. And then... We would, I was too busy celebrating the last 10 minutes of Burton's success and hoping that Bolton didn't get a nasty goal back to make the last five minutes quite tense. Check my phone at the end of the game. 5 nil. 3-4-5. Nightmare. Exactly. I, I didn't know you at the parade. I, I, was, um, I, was, I was keeping a, a look at the scores and everything, as you do. And, uh, yeah, I hope, I hope they stay up. You know, only up the road, really. But... Um, no, it's it's a disaster really on Saturday. I can't see it being much better. I, I'd be very interested to hear what the atmosphere like on Saturday at the King Power. Mixed, I think. Neither of us are going to be there. We're both going to be at the netball. <laughs> oh my god! Don't say say that. We're going to. No, yeah, I, yeah, we're going to be there. No, I'm in Hawaii and uh, and 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 you're at Burton away or whatever. No, no, Bur- we're Burton are away at Preston. We're both at the netball of all things, which yeah. is which is good. No netball. Love the netball. Netball's good, but it's we're, working there. Oh yeah, we're yeah, we're working there. We're not, so. We've not no. chosen to watch netball over Leicester versus West Ham. Although, <laughs> what? With the way they're playing, I probably would. What choose netball over Leicester versus West Ham? Yeah, at least Lightning have got a chance of winning. That's true. Uh, if you've got nothing better to do on Saturday afternoon, and you yeah. don't fancy going down the King Power. Yeah, the netball centre at Loughborough University. Yeah. Come on now. Get online and get a ticket. They're only a few quid. Watch, and, um, watch Pete being banging a drum and putting a spotlight and telling the bossing the players about, even though they're about three foot taller than him. Yeah, and they just don't listen. <laughs> I could even be Bolt. I could even be the mascot. You could. And no, it, the mascot's real. In case there's any children listening, there's nobody in it. It's a real thing. It's a real this, lightning bolt that runs about. Yeah, this, this kind of sums it all up. That'll be what I do. 
And then you'll be walking around in a shirt going, hello everyone, and being the actual proper host. And I'm the dog's body behind going to like <laughs> 10 foot five players go, hello, can you go stand over here please? Because Rob's going to call out your name. Both equally important jobs. And they just, oh well, yeah, and then just look at me and go, get off the court. They're not manly. You don't hear what they say. No, I just get I just get them for the uh, interview in front of the crowd. They're normally quite nice to me. Anyway, so that's Saturday, so we won't be there. But I fear that there will be... I'd hate to see a banner. I'd hate to see uh, an A4 bit of paper that someone's printed off. Anything... There will be a backlash. Surely well, no, there's going to be a backlash I, I, I don't, This is what I don't want. I don't want anything like a Puel out campaign. Because it doesn't do any favours. There was there was sacked in the morning, sang on Saturday. I'm not surprised because you've just lost 5-0. But get behind the team. Get behind them. You're, you're going there to watch a game of football. As you're, a Leicester City supporter. It's not got to the stage where you've got Alan Pardew in charge or you've got the owners who are the owners of Blackpool. You, you've got a great football club there and a team of players who we know very, very well. Um, and some good youngsters and a possibility you've still got a top nine club in the Premier League and you've got a manager who is going through the ringer at the moment who might not be there not because of anything that any sign or any boo or anything like that does at all it's not making a difference the only thing it might make a difference for is it might make the club look a little bit stupid and if you do it and it all gets turned around into good form and we start really well next year You'll be the person who goes, oh, yeah, I'm that person on that video all the time who's being shown with the club well outside. But, um, I mean, don't get me wrong, if they get turned over 5 0, <laughs> Arsenal game might be a bit different. But <laughs> I think off. You... And you're not going to have a week to recover from that. It's only like four days after, isn't it? It's yeah, I, I don't think. I, I, that, that's a different story. If they get beat 5 0 on Saturday at home, then by all means. By all means. I still think the booing was poor on Saturday, uh, against Southampton. I still don't think it was deserved for that performance on its own. And we'll see what happens. But I think that I'd like to see a reaction from the players, even if it's just the players. And the, let's just say they go out and um, they did what, uh, say, the England players did uh, in the uh, in the Euros or the World Cup, whatever it was, when they went out and completely ignored all that Hodgson had told him with like corner takers and just went, right, we're going to do it ourselves. Like, Rooney, you're going to go and take the corner, not Harry Kane, because it's the stupidest decision of all time. Even if the players go out there and you have a bit of a huddle and Wes Morgan's there going, right, lads, you know, you've heard what we're going to do. Right. No, we're not. We're going to play a bit of kick and rush and we're going to get some beans. Right. Keep, yeah, that keep, the second part's the key part, isn't it? Just just start well. But look, even look if it's just like the players. You want, doing yeah, look like you want to work hard. That's, that's, what we, that's all Leicester fans ever ask for. Yeah. The, the the problem with the possession football is I don't think people appreciated the performance at Southampton uh, to the level that we did because they didn't see players bust in their gut. But the the way that they were playing, you could see it was looking like it might start to click together. We looked and sounded like idiots after because it didn't happen the week after against Palace. But Saturday, give it some because West Ham are going to. Do you know how to lose half of your podcast listenership in one sentence? Go on then. <laughs> what? we only appreciated that football because we appreciate good football and no one else understands it like we that, do no, <laughs> that's not what I said No, but... I was linking to your point earlier about all of us Leicester fans appreciating hard work the end of the series of the Foxy podcast we thought we'd make it to 100 we thought we'd make it to 100 but after that no not at all not at all I'm um, not, no I'm not I, I'm not saying we were we were right we appreciated areas of the performance didn't we but I'd still rather see a Leicester team that looked like they were working hard. That's what final, anyone wants to fi- see. Final thing then, final thing for this week. What would you do? What would you do? If in I terms was of in terms of players, in terms well, okay, two things. Well, we know what you would do in terms of the manager. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't sack him now. Episode ninety, he might be saying yes, you never know. Um, and I would. But what would you do in terms of the team? Like, who would you play? And how would you play? Um, this game, this, this on I'll just tell you what I did then straight away. Because I would play, I'd play Dragovic alongside Maguire. And I'd bring in Fuchs. And I'd bring in um, 
Simpson and I'd have Schmeichel if he's fitting goal, if not Hamer's there. And I'd have that back four and say, you're a back four, be a back four. Defend. Defend. You've got a ball-playing centre-half. In fact, Dragovic can play football as well. We've yeah, they're both that. decent on the ball. You've it? got a guy who's going to drop deep naturally and pick the ball up, which is Silva or Ibora. They both like to do that. If Hamza Chowdhury's playing, he always it's plays. It's likely to be Chowdhury, yeah, isn't it? Likely to be Chowdhury. probably going to be out. It's going to be Chowdhury go. and Silva. You've got no option. So you don't have to stride forward. If you can and you do at certain points, do it. But there's a guy who's going to pick the ball up from you. And I will play with the two wingers. I'll play with two up top. Okazaki being one of them. Oh, well, if Okazaki's playing, he's playing he's, just behind fit, Vardy, if he's if fit. He's fit. Uh, if not, Inyacho and Vardy. But I'll tell you, Inyacho, by the way, you're not linking the midfield. You're in that bloody penalty area. Out and out striker. You're, Both of you. Vardy, you play your game. Inyacho, be sensible. Run off Vardy. He's going to do his runs into the channel like you. You be in there. So if he's beating his man and he looks up, there's someone in the bloody middle yeah. who can put the ball in. How many times they've crossed the ball in and no one's been there? Crossed the six-yard box. Um... And in terms of the style of play, play when you can, and I'd, you'd probably encourage them to play more football than than the the old kick and rush that that we were that we are currently but famous still for. But football. yeah, but play the percentage ball if you've not got anything on. Yeah, don't risk a square ball in the in the centre circle. Clip it into the channel, and Vardy, you don't have to play through the middle the entire time. You're Fantastic at running channels. One of the best strikers in the Premier League, if not the world, at running channels. Do it. Put the ball into the channel. Maguire will pick you out. I Dragovic could, will pick you out. I could not think of a better player I'd want in that, doing that. And also, there's a guy in the middle who's going to score. Who's that? Another striker. Exactly. Another striker who's, who's going to get on the end of it. Play football. Um, when you get the ball, express it as wingers. Express it. Or Brighton, you're out wide on the wing. When he gets do your stuff. Great. When you get it, Try and run at someone. Run at someone. Southampton he did well against Southampton. He did yeah. it three times and beat about four players every single time. And and then he kind of got a bit. Oh my god! Another shot and he went wide or whatever. But run at someone. Mares, do your stuff. By the way, Mares, behind you, you got Simpson. He's not going to come over the halfway line. So if you're going to do four step overs, do four step overs because when it works, it's going to be on a bloody gif on your phone for the rest of your life. Well, I mean, he must be—he must be running out of memory on his phone from yeah. all the gifts that he's got in and previous if, seasons of doing that. And if you lose it, Chowdhury's going to come across, and Simpson's standing the halfway line. And he's waiting, saying, "Come on, I ain't going to go anywhere near you." Because Simpson's there. a defender, exactly. and he's going to defend. This is this is what I would like in the summer. If you want to change the whole thing and bring in a thirty million pound fullback from whoever, and bring in Porto, though, Porto isn't it? and bring in another two midfielders and another and a big number 10 or a number 10 to, to link the play and start playing possession that's fine but don't do it now to the extent you've done because unfortunately I think you're going to get sacked by doing it